Nice. Okay. Well, I don't feel like 2018 was a great year for movies. I kind of feel like you missed out on a lot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There was there was some uh, hidden gems. Like what? Uh, well, now that you ask, I'll bring up my top ten. Um. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Look at Dog Podcast. We are discussing top 10 with yours truly, Mark Peabod. Howdy, dude. Mark Peabod with the bye, with the bye, with the top five. He's only got a top five, so he's only going to do a top five. <laughs> Mark only saw top five, so he's doing his top five. I'm going to do my top 10. Um, and I'm sure Mark has five extra movies he saw throughout the year that he can fill up the the bottom five or something like that, you know, of ones, yeah, the ones that didn't come out in 2018, but what that, but you caught up on, you know, um, that, that's fair. That, that's a good idea. So, uh, I have a top 10 this year, uh, for, <clears throat> let me see this year. I, let's go back and forth, back and forth, you know, so that, uh, it makes it a little bit more interesting, you know? Um, there we go. so for my top 10, of 2018 was drum roll please Avengers Infinity War did you not oh. see this oh I didn't see it but I heard about it I saw the memes oh my lance oh my lance oh my lance for the sake of people that have not seen any of these movies I'm just gonna try to be a spoiler free cause it's kind of a nightmare to uh I guess talk about it, you know, with spoilers for people that haven't seen it. They're gonna be like, "Fuck, you spoiled everything," you know. I don't care, honestly. You can spoil it. No, Lanta. Okay, well, we got spoilers. Spoilers for (laughs) Avengers: Infinity War. Basically, basically, half the team dies. Everyone in the universe, half of them go with the Thanos snap. Yeah, see, Twitter spoiled that with all its Thanos needs. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's the thing. I I had to be there opening night to know what was going to happen, so I wasn't going to be spoiled. Yeah, exactly. So it, they they put you in that situation. Plus, they have the second part of the uh, Avengers Infinity War movies coming out in like March. And yeah, so, and yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. That was my number ten. What uh, what was one movie you caught up on twenty eighteen with? But it doesn't have to be a twenty eighteen movie. Wait, so are we going in reverse order? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so you're, uh, yeah, lower, or yours can be anything, because yours are kind of, like, a little obscure, so your number 10 movie that you saw, 10th movie. Okay, number 10, uh, I'm gonna have to say The Revenant. Oh, so you caught up on The Revenant this, uh, last year? Yes. Oh. Yeah. It was a little long and drug out, and I felt like it could have been a little bit more exciting as far as the plot goes, but the quality of the acting and special effects and just the scenery of the film were what really impressed me. Absolutely. Uh, Did did you uh, happen to catch Black Mare Bandersnatch? Oh, and no shit, hold up, the fact that it's a true story, that shit makes it ten times crazier. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Dude, yes, yeah. The uh, the fact that it's all based on true story and it's pretty much yeah. word for word. I'm pretty sure it's based on. Uh, I mean, not much of it is elaborated, you know. Um, yeah, no. Whenever it came up with the, exaggerated, sorry. 
the script at the end, I said, holy shit, this guy's a grade A badass. Dude, yeah. Uh, Mr. Glass, I think, or something like that, right? Yeah, Hugh Graft. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy, Leo DeCap, Will Poulter, all these guys, were they not crazy good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, the way it's shot is all in, like, long one-takes. Oh, yeah. Beautiful yeah. picture. I actually, uh, I think his, let me see, uh, no, it's a different director, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's an excellent movie, and, uh, I believe, uh, Leo DiCap DiCaprio won an Academy Award for that, and that's what he won his Oscar with. Um, oh, he deserves every bit of it. Dude, yeah, I think he was actually eating some raw meat in some of those scenes. <laughs> Getting attacked. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, that. I don't think that was a real bear, but that might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> dude that was another one but like, uh, just when you thought he was done he's like oh god not again <laughs> he's like oh god my back <laughs> yeah dude uh i remember watching that and i was just, i was like on the edge he of my shoots feet. the bear and then the bear just gets angry oh yeah that was his first mistake <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh he should have he should have even when he was trying to play dead the bear kept falling on him oh that Dude, my teacher was attacked by a bear. No way. My uh, elementary school principal teacher, uh, it, she she and her dog were hiking in Grayson Highlands, uh, Virginia, and they were attacked by, like, a mother bear. Like, oh same, like same situation and everything. I mean, real life, true shit. And, uh, the Did she get maimed? Um, she got, like, yeah, she got, like, scratched by, like, the bear and stuff. And uh, she has, like, scars on the side of her, apparently. I haven't seen the actual scar photos yet, but she is okay. And uh, the dog that was, like, there helping her, um, it was a black lab. Uh, she, it was, like, barking at the at the bear and stuff like that, trying to fend off uh, to save, you know, my, my teacher. Um, um, her, and uh, the dog lived. Is it, the dog is okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's good news. Didn't mean to keep you on a ledge like that, but... The, oh, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was the same what happened to her. It was, uh... No, <laughs> no, they, they both were, uh, okay. And, uh... Yeah, they got attacked by a mother bear. Very similar. That's terrifying. That. Yeah, that, that, that camping and, and shit like that. I don't know. Oh, my um, gosh. You gotta be careful out there. But anyway, you gotta stay strapped in the woods. You got bears and you got movies like Wrong Turn and all that. <laughs> oh, dude, you just—you never know. You always gotta make the right turn because you, <laughs> Siri will make you take the wrong turn. That you, right, you, right, you right, get right. you get yucked up if you take Apple Maps. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you break it, you buy it. Shit. Speaking speaking of the ninth movie, um. Of 2018, the the ninth movie I've seen, uh, top ten, number nine, for me is Searching. Uh, Searching was, uh, it's like this uh, general, you know, father loses his daughter and he has to go find her kind of thing, you know? But the twist is, it's all done on screen capture, which means it all takes place on a laptop. Yeah, I mean it is so dynamic when it's uh, when it really starts to hit the paces of what's going. I mean it's it's 
you can see how it's basically a regular, uh, you know, mystery. You know, father is looking for his daughter and that stuff. But everything is happening and on the screen. And so you can see him, like, looking through the screen. He's, like, looking on all her social media stuff. And, you, you know, you're finding out, you know, people she was involved with. And there's a thicker plot. And it, it is crazy. It's crazy. And uh, it'll have you on the edge of your seat. And it's the guy from, uh, it's, uh, what's his face? John Cho, who plays uh, the main character, which is one of the guys from uh, Harold and Kumar. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not, uh, I think, Harold? Her I think he plays Harold. I can't remember who's which, to be honest. I, I don't, uh, I, I, I assume Kumar is the Indian guy. That would make sense. Yeah, so I'm saying Harold's uh, uh, John Cho. So... Just assuming that. But yeah, anyways, excellent movie. He is an, a fantastic performer when it uh, comes down to the dramatic beats and that type of stuff. Totally recommend mm -hmm. it. Totally recommend it. Um, was this like an underground movie or was it a... Did it do well? Um, I think it did okay. It got really good critical, critically. It was uh, really well received. You know, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it got, I'm pretty sure it was like 80 or 90%. Um, really, uh, really high up there. Um, IMDb, it's you know high, high as well. I gave it like an eight out of ten for IMDb. Um, um, but yeah, so it was fantastic. Totally recommend it. It's called Searching. Um, you're number nine for movies that you caught up with uh, in 2018. Um, I'm not sure of the actual release date of this movie. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna say Hell or High Water. Oh, excellent film! Tell me what you thought about was that, it. Was that 2017 or 2018? I want to say or it was 2016. That was 2016, I think. Cause I 2016. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that one. Tell me. They about just it. dropped it on Netflix, and I watched it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh. Really, I think well thought out without it being overly complicated storyline. Right. You got some great A actors, kind of like middle of the line, not your super popular actors, but well, the guys that uh, never really fail you. Chris Pine, Ben Foster, and Jeff Bridges, and uh, you know you got Gail Birmingham uh, as Alberto. The, these are some big names now. I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put them down at all. You know? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not putting it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's not like... Leonardo DiCaprio's or sure, sure. They they're probably they're, Will Ferrell's. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd probably put Chris Pine and maybe Jeff Bridges maybe a little higher than Will Ferrell now. Will Ferrell's just jumped under a bend for me. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say is it their movie? And then it got a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> 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 but uh, before but before, yeah, before uh, we drift off, Color High Water felt pretty pretty generic. It almost felt real just because it wasn't there weren't an excessive amount of like frills or things that they did that were just over the top right it, it felt ground, pretty believable i felt i thought it felt grounded grounded yeah um in reality for the most part yeah oh yeah no, nothing that happened in that movie was really out of the question but the the writing in it is what really sold it for me um, I yeah. thought in the acting, obviously. 
Yeah. Um, which, what's the guy? He was the crazier of the two brothers. Um, what's his, ben what's Foster. that actor's name? Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Yeah. I've always liked him. Uh, he's in another good, almost Western style, I guess. More Western for sure. This is kind of like a modern Western movie almost, but he's in that movie 310 to Yuma. Yeah, I was about to say, but, three, uh, 310 is, uh, that was... That's the first movie I can remember him being in. Uh, that's all. Christian Bale. Yeah. And uh, I forgot who else was on that, but anyways, um, yeah, that was a great movie as well. Um, I <clears throat> I tried to follow up with uh, this, the writer and directors of uh, Hell or High Water, and I was a little bit disappointed in their their follow up movie of uh, Wind River with uh, Jeremy Renner. That what that's on Netflix and that or it was and uh, Sicario. Uh, Day of Zeldata, or actually, the the. Uh, you know what? I did see the new Sicario. I forgot about that. Oh, there. You, oh, you, you gotta get. You're gonna have to throw that in your rotation for the top five that you did see in 2018. Oh yeah, I'm going. I'm definitely gonna have to throw that in there. Um, um. So yeah. So this writer of Hello High Water did Sicario in 2015, one of my favorites, and then he did Hello High Water in 2016, and then Wind River in 2017 and then Sicario de Zeldado 2018. So this guy is moving along, but I don't necessarily think he's getting better with every stride. Right, he's got kind of more of an unconventional taste, it seems like. Right, and it, it, it seems Stuff like... Something he knows isn't going to be like really mainstream for the most part. Yeah, I... But did you see Wind River? It has like a... Definitely has a market... Yeah, did uh, did you happen to see Wind River? I did not. Is that a Netflix original? I don't think it's a Netflix original, but it was on Netflix, and it was a. Uh, it kind of felt like a Hell or High Water sort of style, but it was a little bit more bleaker, and it was based off of like the Cherokee nations and stuff. And um, I think I watched the trailer and decided not to watch it. It it, it was a little darker, but it it definitely had the Hell or High Water vibes. It just didn't have that, you know. Uh, I thought Hello or High Water had like this funny, like underlying dark underlying tone. Like, yeah, th there was some parts in it that I kind of chuckled at, and I never chuckled in Wind River. So uh, it didn't look like a, a cop, an action comedy. <laughs> oh, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Um, what are we on now? Are we? Uh, you said, uh, you said Hell or High Water, so we're back to me on number eight. Oh, yeah. Eight. Number eight of my top ten for 2018 is Game Night. Did you see or hear anything about Game Night? What was it? Game Night. Game Night. Yeah, Game Night. Oh, Let's say it a uh, few more times and you might understand what it's about. Game Night. <laughs> what's the, uh... What's the premises? Oh, the, the, I'm the trying to think. I've even seen the trailer for it. Okay, so a group of friends who regularly meet for game nights find themselves entangled in a real-life mystery when the shady brother of one of them is seemingly kidnapped by a dangerous gangster. Slash gangster. No, I okay. definitely didn't see that. It's featuring Jason Bateman and Kyle Chandler, Rachel McAdams, and... Uh, some other people you probably recognize. Uh, Jesse. Oh, Tyler, 
Kyle Chandler is a boss. Dude, it's a stellar lineup of people. It's great direction. It's hilarious. It's fun for... You could watch it with the family. Um, um, I, I think that it's it's totally worth the watch. It's... Um, Who is the actor that I recently compared to Kyle Chandler? Just <laughs> random, random thought. <laughs> Didn't you... Um, that could be another movie that I saw that I don't remember. Um, Wasn't it the, the Driver movie with a... It was the guy that played in the Ang Lee Hulk, wasn't it? That that guy you were talking about? The what? The 2003 Hulk. I think that guy you were talking about. Mm. Eric, Eric Bana. Weren't you talking about him? He kind of looks like... He kind of looks like... I don't know. But yeah. Anyways, I do think that you should check out Game Night. Uh, I think it absolutely deserves a place in the top 10. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Only an hour 40 minutes. So it's a relatively quick watch, um, yeah, and it's uh, it's fun for either date night or you know, uh, family night. It works for both. Okay. And it's uh, it's kind of an action adventure kind of thing, you know. Um, I don't want to give too much away because uh, it, it, it it's fun, it's fun. But anyways, let's get back to your number eight of movies that you've seen in the past year. Or, oh, or, or, or movies you've caught up in the past year. Number eight. Let's see. Who in the hell is calling me on the other one? <laughs> Unknowns. Unknowns the movie? I've been getting... No, no. I've been getting a ridiculous amount of telemarketing calls, it seems like, here recently. Um... <laughs> uh, Number eight, I'm going to say, now this one might be really old, but probably the first John Wick. No, oh, the original John Wick. You just caught up on it in 2018? I think I watched it, yeah. I think I watched it early 2018, like maybe January or February. That was a 2014 release. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I heard enough about it to finally watch it. It's a pretty generic ex, you know, ex-hitman gets back on the job to avenge all of his family, basically, right? Yeah, and it's relevant still, because they're making the third. Yes, so, uh, what'd you think of it? Is it, I mean, since it's on your top, I guess it's, it's something you remember. It's, it was probably pretty excellent, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the action things, you really can't beat it. It's almost like they redid The Matrix. It's like they redid The Matrix with it's with real graphics you know be, or, or they didn't they didn't use like cgi the entire time right with modern equipment right i would say technology um it's kind of like a old style i, I don't have have you ever seen like a south korean action film like south what? a south korean action film just like video clips of it like those action films are insane and this is kind of borderline um, to it, visually and narratively, honestly. I can't. I'd have to get a comparison. Yeah, I, if you've ever seen the raid, that's a good. That's a good comparison. But uh, I'll show you that sometime if you hadn't seen it. It's one of the craziest action films you ever seen. You ever seen? I've seen that actually. You've seen the raid? Yeah. That, the raid. 
the raid and there's the raid 2 or something like that it's some crazy shit um it looks like people were actually getting their bro jaws broken in this shit <laughs> oh yeah but uh back it's like the matrix of this generation oh uh, yeah i'd say so um i can't think of many uh a little less sci-fi but yeah i guess no sci-fi um yeah let me think. I, I'd say Mad Max is the only thing I could compare it to with, uh, I don't know, action. And even that Mad Max action is still different than, um, you know, John Wick action. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it's uh, it's crazy what they're well, doing. Well, personal action. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, people look like they're getting hurt in John Wick and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty realistic looking. Sort of like the Daredevil uh, on Netflix, if you've seen that. Uh, season 3 is pretty fucking intense. Um, what was that? I haven't gotten to season 3 yet. Oh, season 3 it coming up. I'd say season 2 is kind of, eh, but season 3 is like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so. um. still making that? Dude, it got canceled. Why is that? Dude, uh, well. Disney is trying to create their own streaming service, so eventually they want you and I to pay for a streaming service just like a Netflix or a Hulu. Oh, right, 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 right. So, uh, prepare to cough it up. The mouse wants what the mouse wants. <laughs> I got enough streaming subscriptions as it is. Oh, I'm, I'm not too, uh, 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 I'm not too mad that I got Hulu. Um, I got that Black Friday deal for a dollar a month. I'm, I'm enjoy oh. enjoying that. Yeah, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah, dude, Netflix just announced today that they're uh, jacking up prices. By how much? I think it's 2 or $3. I don't know. It's, it's, I think they said 18% of the regular price. I don't know. That's, that's something like that. But they're slowly bumping it up there. And what kind of upsets me a little bit is that they're not replacing... All these canceled shows like Daredevil with better shows. I, I don't see it. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. I was kind of upset when I saw how much they spent to keep Friends on there. Well, you know that they would lose tons of people if they they didn't see their Friends on there. They would probably lose a lot more than a hundred million. They're probably get, getting five hundred million or something. You know. And yeah. I don't know in subscriptions. But anyways, let's uh, let's hop back to the uh, top. Of yeah, top, top movies 2018, we're on number seven. The number seventh movie, another movie I don't believe you've seen. I don't believe many, many people have seen. It, dude, this was an excellent movie. This was like, if, hmm, I'm trying to think of uh, a, a good writer or someone you might like, but let's say you take the premise of like Super Bad, and you have like. Spike Lee write it. Okay. So it, it's called Blind Spotting. It's this kind of uh, it's it's the last few days of uh, an ex-con, uh, and he's hanging around his buddy, who is an absolute fuck up. And it's very similar to the, you know, the premise of like super bad kind of, you know, how, you know, we're following uh, the two guys, but they feel like you or I, dude, it feels so realistic and down to earth to like what they're doing, what they're saying. And 
no matter what they're doing, it's always entertaining, you know? You know how, like, you know, banter that, you know, some of us might have just well, yeah. might be, like, standing in a room or something like that and might may be making nonsensical sentences or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's not as well thought out as, like, your typical script. It's just kind of off-the-tongue conversation. Yeah, but, I mean, this, but I would say this is even better well thought out. Like, everything is super thought out because they go into they they can rap a little bit so they don't go into like full-on like raps or anything but they'll just throw in some raps while they're doing some things like as they're going throughout the day and uh it, it's dope it's it's seriously dope it's not like they go they break out into like song or some shit like that but it's sort of like eight mile you know with the the hip-hop style that they're rapping in but it's it's um but it's more laissez-faire, so I would, I would categorize it more of like a super bad. So it's kind of hard to categorize it. It's a different type of, uh, a different type of uh, movie. It's, I'd say it's definitely an indie movie. If it went to Netflix, if you, if you can find it somewhere, rent it, something. It's called Blind Spotting. Um, it's co- directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada, who I think he does a lot of shorts and probably some music videos a little bit and so you can kind of see it this has a very different style to it but uh what a badass name that is huh i said what a badass name that is dude yeah it sounds like he should come with a cape and or something like that and then he's like he's like lopez astrata out and he's like whoosh <laughs> you know sounds like, sounds like he's on the same level as like el chapo and pablo honestly <laughs> he's he sounds like the uh the Hispanic Batman or Latin Batman <laughs> or, or some like dope ass wrestler. Oh I yeah. I don't know, but uh blind spotting, dude, definitely check that out if you see it on TV or renting or you know, if if, if it comes up, definitely check it. It's uh that is my number seven. What is your number seven of two two thousand eighteen movies that you've caught up with? Alright, so I'm back in my so I can look on Wi-Fi and try to get through some uh, some movies of the year to kind of refresh my memory on what all I've seen. Uh, this one's jumping back to 2017. I'm going to say that movie, Wheelman. Wheelman. It's the one that you've been telling me to watch about 100 times, and I just haven't sat to do it, right? I haven't watched it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Am I about to get it? Oh, man. I better watch that. <laughs> Right there, Jerry. It's only an hour twenty minutes. You, you got to make time for that. Yeah, hour twenty is nothing. I really do. Jeremy. Oh, dude, I like some of these people on this. All right, so Jeremy Rush is the director. That's like his really only movie that he's done. Yeah. Um. Tell me a little bit about it. So basically, spoiler alert: at the beginning, you got a guy. It's almost the whole movie is pretty much filmed from the back seat of a car, so it feels like you're there the whole time. Oh, sweet! So it's like a third third person POV. Yeah, that's right. pretty dope. You got Frank Grillo, who just looks like a grade A badass. <laughs> it just jumps. No backstory, no introduction to the characters, no nothing. It just jumps straight into whatever he's doing that night. 
And what he just so happens to be doing that night is a job that he knows nothing about. But basically, he gets some guys in the car. They introduce themselves with fake names quickly. He's just the driver. He doesn't know anything other than he's just there to drive. Right. He takes them to the bank and okay. just goes south from there. Okay. But <clears throat> that's very suspenseful. Very suspenseful. That sounds pretty, pretty, uh, pretty dope. Uh, it sounds like it's more action based. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, hour twenty minutes. Uh, it's like that's nothing. I don't even know if that's considered a movie. I, I thought it had to be an hour thirty, but um, it got a, a eighty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Eighty-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. That has a six-four on IMDb. Yeah, that is quite. Uh, difference, but it sounds like critics are loving this, and uh, regular yeah. audiences might be on uh, you know set so side. I'll definitely check it out. Add it to the queue. It didn't feel like a movie. It felt like they just threw a camera in the car of like a gangster. Yeah, I feel like that's something that you know critics are like, "Wow, it's revolutionary. It's never been done before." <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, let me uh <laughs> back to the uh number six of 2018 of my list is <laughs> Halloween 2018. Michael Myers. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's it's that new new dog. It 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 really worked. I thought the new Halloween 2018 was hella fun. It was uh, action packed, gory. It was done on a super low budget of like 10 million dollars, which is half oh, wow. the that's half the budget of Bird Box, dude. Um, yeah, wow. yeah. So, and I was on the edge of my seat. I had a great time. Um, I. You know, go back to the review to listen to my complaints, but honestly, it made my top ten. Um, did you see it? I did not. I'm not one for scary movies, to be honest. <clears throat> well, I mean, you like Bird Box. Yeah. I only watched that so I could really understand the memes, but... I mean, it became part of a culture. We'll, we'll discuss it a little bit we'll, um, when we're closer to it. But, um, yeah, I wanted to... I, I've been kind of dipping my toe into horror ever so slightly i uh ever since i've been podcasting i've been a little bit more fascinated by the technicals and why do some horror movies work more than others like i absolutely love the 2017 it i've watched that i don't know 20 to 50 times just relentlessly because i think it's so much fun it's like a ride and wow. the kids are have you watched that I'm not. I'm probably exaggerating saying 20 to 50. I probably watched it a total of 12. But, I mean, no joke. It's hilarious. The uh, the scares are real, but they're not, like, over over the top. Um, yeah. It feels... <clears throat> it uh, Excuse me. It feels like you're kind of going to, like, a theme park with your, your, your buds or something like that. You know, the the writing is so good that you're you're laughing along um, while you're being scared. It, it, it's, it's a complete package. I know I got a lot of hype. Yeah, I absolutely um, and look for. I'm looking forward to the part two of part two. it as well. Yeah, 
I'm already creeped out by clowns as it is, so I didn't really have a choice. <clears throat> yeah, so the, the my fascination with uh, the new the new 2017 it led me to watch a couple more horror movies which led me to watch the 1978 um halloween the original halloween which was really yeah. that was really good it was it was pretty scary for uh you know a 1970s movie you kind of saw how um you know things are <clears throat> mocked and you know uh redrawn out and parodied and stuff like that ever since you know the originals but it's it's cool to see the originals oh yeah it's a classic mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, Halloween 2018 was a lot of fun for me. Um, what was your number six of 2018 movies that you caught up with? Um, wind it down here. I'm going to say my favorite movie that I caught up with prior to 2018 was uh, going to be John Wick number two. Oh, John Wick. Did you just watch all, both John Wicks back-to-back? -back? Yeah, pretty much. Did you watch them on TV or did you watch them on streaming? Um, I bought them on the Xbox Marketplace. Oh, cha-ching. Let's do it. So you got the I H. You got the H. One, first one, to be honest. Oh, okay. Well, what's the, why does the second one have a bigger appeal in your opinion? Uh, I guess there was a little bit more depth to the plot. It kind of explained a little bit more about who John Wick is as a guy. Gave you a little bit bigger of a look at their the inside world of this legion of assassins. Right. And I know it's hard to top the action scene in the first John Wick, but I think the second one definitely did. Wait, which which action do you prefer? First one, number one, number second, two. Second. Second one. Yeah, I thought the yeah. second one was shot more like stylistically and. More not I don't want to say like a music video, but it was like it had the colors of a music video if you want to say that you know, like right. it was so vibrant and uh, number one felt a lot more bleaker in my opinion. Just, yeah, just from a tone, tone yeah. and color palette. There's a little bit more of a story in the second one. I felt like right, right. <laughs> um, let's see. We are on number five. Number five. Are you ready? Yep. Jump roll, please. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> I need a water over here. I need a water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a that was a big sound. <laughs> All right, number five, number five, Mission Impossible Fallout, dude. Holy saccharoni, dude. Did you see Mission Impossible? Uh, I think the last one I saw. It wasn't just the most recent one. It might have been two movies ago. Dude, I yeah, I think uh, two movies, Mission Impossible Six or something like that. I don't remember. Mission Impossible Fallout is like seven or something. I don't remember. I the one where they're on. He's on the side of the uh, the building scaling it. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and um, the dope BMW. Oh yeah, gosh, what's the city? Dubai. Dubai, that's it. Yeah, I remember that one as well. Um, I think that was the one I had caught up to. I want to say that's MI six or something like that, and Mission Impossible like Mission Impossible eight. Either way, Fallout, dude, you have to see Mission Impossible Fallout. Is there any what reason? Dude, it had fucking uh, Henry Cavill. had Superman in it. Dude, it's, uh, yeah. it's like Tom Cruise versus Superman, dude. Uh, it's like insane. And uh, the, the fact that he went and did like the majority of these stunts, he's not like Avengers Infinity War or some of these uh, green screen heavy effect movies, you know? Yeah. This dude is dangling off of helicopters, da- dangling off of cliffs. He's like almost 60 and he's running around Italy and shit like that, jumping off of motorcycles, breaking his ankle in in real time. They There's a scene where he breaks his ankle and they left it in the film. Oh, wow. It's yeah. Dude, I mean, he is insane. As a whole. Dude, absolutely. I, I mean, like, it, because it feels like the cameraman is, like, literally... It feels like you're with him. It's almost like third party, kind of like you said, with a, a wheel man. But imagine being, yeah. like, holding on to Tom Cruise everywhere we're going. It is crazy. Like, he learned how to fucking fly a real helicopter to do this shit. Um, dude, it's... Oh, in, wow. Dude, it, it, it's, it's insane. Um... I heard that um, the new, sorry, the director of um, Fallout is going to direct uh, the next two movies. His name is Christopher McQuarrie. Um, but yeah, these two together are doing hella work. I mean, like, I don't, like, they're going to kill themselves doing some shit. <laughs> it sounds like it. He's flying helicopters and breaking his own ankle. Dude, I, I absolutely... Okay, so the the Mission Impossible we saw was Ghost Protocol. And the one we missed after that in 2015 was Rogue Nation. Um, okay. Yeah, and then Fallout. So I would definitely say you don't have to see either of the last two to, to hop on to this one. Just, just fucking do it, you know? It, it's fucking yeah. awesome. And... Uh, I literally felt like I was walking out of a car wreck when I was walking out of the, the theater. <laughs> I was like, my bird! <laughs> dude, dude, I literally, I was like, can someone, like, bring a wheelchair over here, man? Because, like, I'm not feeling so good. <laughs> like, I didn't, I, I couldn't even fathom doing half the shit he did, and it was just insane. But, um, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, there's, uh, there's like a skydiving scene that he, apparently he had to do the skydiving scene like 50 plus times, and that's no joke, apparently, like, to do, get this take. And, yeah, dude, the cameraman had to jump out of this, out of the plane with him, 50 times with him, and then the guy that I, I think the cameraman, normally, there's two people on the camera. There's someone holding the camera for the angle and position, and then there's someone focusing how close they are on the item or on the subject. And uh, apparently the cameraman didn't have a... He couldn't see what he was focusing on. He had to do it by all by guessing. And, uh, oh, my God. Dude, yeah. <clears throat> it just sounds fucking insane, right? Uh, yeah, 50 times. Dude, I mean, like, the, the technical uh, achievement that had to go into 
this actual movie Fallout is it it, it deserves awards alone just for all of that you know all of that just technical stuff so um yeah I'm like synthetic I probably would have called it quits after like the fifth or sixth time dude i don't know apparently it was insane how how many different times they had to do it and you know the different laws that you have to go through apparently to do like helicopter stunts you have to be in certain you know countries and whatnot it's insane um yeah absolutely check out fallout you're number five on so you you we are on your top five of 20 2018 now because you've seen yeah all right what you got top five kind of change a pace a little something less serious than all the action movies uh incredibles 2 incredibles 2 i something i saw as well tell me about it what were your thoughts and impressions of incredibles yeah, sure. 2 been long, man. since the first one came out how old were we we were uh, okay so the the movie came out in 2004 Jeez. so we're we, like 10 years old we yeah we were we were like 11 i'd say like 10 or 11 yeah um back a lot of childhood memories what <clears throat> i absolutely loved the first uh incredibles like yeah, I did, did. back then and i still do now um it's just so original yeah what well, do you think this one lived up to the hype I wasn't as crazy about the storyline. Okay. It felt a little... It almost felt like they made an adult action movie storyline and, and, like, toned it down with the dialogue and the, I guess, violence for a kid's movie. Right. So it seemed a little less cartoony from that aspect, but as far as the characters go and their mannerisms and the humor of it, I thought that was on point there. Well, I uh, I pretty much generally agree. Um, it's funny because we were talking about Mission Impro- Impossible Protocol. Um, the same director did Incredibles one and two, Brad Bird. And so, um, Mission Impossible Ghost Ghost Protocol. So, I went back and watched the first Incredibles and. I watched it and I realized this is an adult movie just with kids with uh, with like a little bit of superpowers here and there. It's a it's essentially a Mission Impossible movie it, when it comes down to uh, the way it's executed by the narrative standpoint and uh, tonal themes. You know, it's it's really adult based, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you're, you're actually right. I probably just didn't see it that way since I was a kid when I first saw it. Absolutely, I, it, 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 it takes a while because, like, you uh, when you go back and watch it, the, you realize Mrs. In- you go ahead, hello, you there? Yeah, I kind of lost you for a second. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, sorry, I was saying the uh, Mrs. uh, Elastigirl or something like that thinks that her wife, her, her, you know, her husband's cheating on him. Uh, on her. So, uh, you know, that's like a... That's a big-ass thing, right? Yeah. Drama aspects to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I... Like, as a kid, you not you don't understand what that means. Yeah, you think you might be kissing another woman. Yeah, I, I, and you barely understand what that means. Um, 
two kids. But um, yeah. I I didn't feel like Incredibles two matched the complexity of Incredibles one. What do you think? I'm trying to remember the plot of Incredibles one. Incredibles one was the uh, the dad was. <clears throat> he basically was having a midlife crisis and he wanted to become, you know, a superhero again behind his wife and family's back. And they slowly find out, you know? Right. And you had the villain as uh, the guy that he wouldn't let be a superhero all those years ago. So. Right. And I thought that that guy was a much better, a well thought out villain than um, double screen saver or whatever the fuck in Incredibles oh, yeah. 2. Like, I thought yeah. they, they they were trying to go with, uh, oh, kids and adults are obsessed with their screens and we're going to take advantage of that. But they really didn't do anything with the concept, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, they could have went that route with it. They they went to straight up, like, uh, wha- it was just wacky in some parts when... Uh, we'll pro- I kind of want to talk a little bit, spoilers of Incredibles 2, just jump ahead a little bit. Um or check the show notes for timestamps. Um, yeah, the the um, <clears throat> the weird team that they introduced in the middle at, at the third act. Do you remember those? Who was it? It was like the random. It was like the team full of randos that were uh, had these random ass powers that oh, they could teleport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it almost had like an X Men vibe. That that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is a little too wacky for me in a world that was so realistic in the first one. Yeah. I don't think they should have brought in all their unknown superheroes. I was kind of kind of killed it a little bit. For some reason, it took a lot of the, I guess, attention and uniqueness away from them. I like. I didn't mind having all of the superheroes kind of like uh, gathered in one place, but given the timeline and everything, you know, and, you know... There was no real introduction. It just kind of threw them in there, and they said, hey, this is my power. Yeah, and the fact that it had happened basically within a week of the Incredibles timeline, like, not even seven days earlier, they were, like, uh, fighting the original, the bad guy from Incredibles 1, was his name? Yeah. Um, Buddy Uh Syndrome. Yeah, it just seemed like from a timeline, it didn't. They all of a sudden they were they had grown or something like that. Real, it didn't make sense to me, you know. From was it really supposed to have only been a week later? Well, don't you remember at the beginning of Incredibles two that they basically start off at the very end of Incredibles one, fighting that uh, the underground miner man or whatever. Oh yeah, the miner mole man. Yeah, and. uh, yeah, I and they couldn't age, they couldn't age um the family up because Jack Jack had to stay a baby for everyone that loves Jack Jack. Yeah. And uh I don't know, just the more I think about it, the less I like it to be honest. Yeah. It's one of those, I guess, take it for what it is. Yeah. I tried to look at it as the same mentality I looked at the first one when I was a kid, so I didn't really overanalyze or analyze it that much. But right, like, like I, I, I give it like a seven out of ten. Like I'm not gonna say it's th- it's a terrible movie or anything. It's just I thought Incredibles one was exceptional. Incredibles two was okay. Yeah, you know, it's, they hit the, the bar. 
originality of it and the first one really made it so great too oh yeah the, i mean this 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 incredibles 2 kind of felt more like a straight to dvd behind the scenes it was like imagine if incredibles 1 was four hours and they were like okay we can't have a four-hour movie let's cut it down and so that's what we got and they took that the rest and made it incredibles 2 um i think they had a difficult audience too because they had to appeal to all the people that watched the first one 10 years ago and then all the kids that are just now kids well, i mean they're, they're bringing their kids now the people that went to it 10 years ago yeah. have kids now yeah no it was a different i mean i think when you're making a kid's movie even though it's only 10 years apart probably you're gonna look at two completely different sets of i guess types of comedies Right, and 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 us, given that we've aged, you know, ten years, that right. that also, you know, doesn't. Uh, sorry, we've we've been saying ten years. It's been fifteen years. Fifteen. Two thousand four dogs. Twenty nineteen. Jeez. Yeah, a lot has changed. <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> I think that they waited too long, in my opinion. They should have. They should have released it sooner. What took them so long? Dude, I don't know. I, they are fucking busy making ass cars too, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> what a flop! All right, so let's hop back to top uh, top ten of twenty twenty eighteen. My number four for twenty eighteen is Isle of Dogs. Did Isle you... of Dogs. <laughs> Isle of Dog Shit. No, no, no. It's Isle of Dogs, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Did you see um, Isle of Dogs at all? Oh, you probably didn't. Nah, I'm looking it up now. It's it got a got some dogs and a guy like a mining crate on a zipline. Yeah, dude. It's a different style movie, but I think that this is a movie that you would like as well. It's um. It's set in Japan. Isle of Dogs oh. follows a boy's odyssey in search of his lost dog on this island of dogs. So, um, the the best thing about this is the voices, dude. So, the main voices are uh, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Murray. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, dog. So, the dogs can talk? The dogs are talking, and uh, the Scarlett Johansson's in it. Harvey Keitel from uh, some Quentin Tarantino movies. Um, Tilda Swinton. I mean, dude, it, it's a stellar cast, and it has huh? That is quite the cast for animated dog movie. Absolutely, it's because it has uh, it has a great director behind it, and he has like a different sort of style, but. It's a lot of fun to watch, and the music really uh, is encapsulating with it. it uh, it's sort of like stop motion animation, you know. Yeah. Kind of. It's not quite as choppy as like Wallace and Gromit, you know. It's it's a little bit more smoother than that, but uh, it's dope. It's it's super dope, and the colors are. I saw it in theaters twice because I had a fucking movie pass during that time. And we were allowed to see multiple movies during a day. You know, it was too good to be true. Fuck them. But uh, <laughs> I saw it twice, and it was so good both times. I, you know, I totally recommend it. Isle of Dogs. Did you say, 
kids movie or would it be appealing to adults as well oh it's much much more brand an adult is going to get more out of it than a child would but i would say uh fifth you know 14 15 year old would be okay watching it um the thing is there's like it's uh you see some of these dogs having to live a uh, kind of a rough life because it's showing a place where all of these dogs are being uh taken you know instead of uh being taken care of so it's it, it's kind of uh like a big metaphor for you know take care of your animals kind of thing and, and a couple huh is it sad it's much more hopeful than it is sad okay yeah it, it, it it's funny as well like that's what i think really sells it you know i think what when, when i have all these movies on my top 10 i look at them and i say you know what is one quality that really goes through that follows through all of these uh most of these movies make me feel a number range of emotions and okay i like i uh, you know i might feel a little low i might feel a little happy there might be a little bit of action. It might be a little bit funny. But if I'm going on the spectrum of all of them and I'm really satisfied with generally all of them, they've, they're probably going to make you know my top list. And that, that's why the majority of these are on there. Because one, they're visually appealing. Two, the acting. Three, uh, you, there's something about the, the technicals that have really captured my you know attention. Um, yeah, for this, it's uh, it's really all of the above because it's a different. It, it looks different than anything you've ever seen, man. Like I can't compare it to anything, you know. Um, yeah. So that's why I it, it made my top four, top top five, uh, uh, top ten, whatever the fuck we're doing, um, of uh, twenty eighteen, and it's uh, yeah, it's it is dope. If you can find it renting or something like that, definitely check it out. Um. Let's see, you have a number four of 2018. Number four. <clears throat> Let me get back to my list here. Number four, I'm going to go ahead and say Bird Box. That Bird Box, that, that, that Bird, bird box. with a B. <laughs> that Bird Box, A, A, that <laughs> Bird Box. What, what did you think about Bird Box for your number four? I know, I know we went out that one weekend. And this was before I had seen it, and I was just mad shit-talking it because I just watched the trailer and I thought it looked stupid. <laughs> but And then you said it was similar to uh, the Mark Wahlberg movie. What was it? Happening. Yeah, Happening. You said it was similar to that, and I thought, oh, I'm really going to hate that shit. <laughs> but actually, after watching it, I mean, it was a lot more... I felt like it involved the audience a lot more. It had a lot more character development behind it, even though it kind of threw you into it. It developed them all the way up until the end of the movie. Right. And it kind of felt sympathy for the people and just like a compassion almost. Like they don't know what the hell is going on. Everyone they know is dead. All they have left is these strangers that they just moved into this house with. You got people sacrificing each other for people they barely know. <laughs> yeah, like Charlie jumping in the damn freezer or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> um, oh, bad for that guy because he didn't even want to go. Yeah, I, 
I watched Bird Box. We covered it in one of the podcasts, and uh, I got Kelly to watch Bird Box as well. I uh, I was a little bit more negative I on on the cast about it. I'd say I gave it about a six out of ten, strictly yeah. because um it felt like the writing was a a little bit hammy, as in um they we're making people do stupid stuff and people were blaming other people for no reason. Like John Malkovich's uh, character was just intently blaming Sandra Bullock's character pretty much the entire time because he lost his wife and his wife, his wife decided to help her. It's not like, it's not like, you know, that type yeah. of, and uh, a couple spoilers for like, bird box yeah. and stuff like that. Um, like that guy was probably, like probably had a good point but his character just had a terrible way of conveying it oh yeah and, i mean <laughs> a broken clock's even twice or right twice a day, so. <laughs> wait a broken a broken what a is who when where? Right and he killed half the house you're you're right you're right and i the thing is if he would have been a little bit less of an asshole about it maybe they'd all still be alive the thing is, the thing is i felt like these were all character types you got the asshole. You got yeah, you got yeah, yeah. you got the generic you, characters there. Yeah, you you got the, the too compassionate. Yeah, the, the level head guy. Mm-hmm. The hot head. You got the love yeah. interest. Yeah. Uh, it, it, everyone was a character type. I think I really liked it so much because I expected it to be complete shit. So I. I had the lowest of expectations going into it. <laughs> so that's that's the key. Yeah. Okay, but, okay. Like said, dude, there were some intense scenes in there. Like whenever she was about to pick one of the kids to look when they were going through the rapid. Okay, I can I can talk about that one again too. Alright, so they made a oh, big ass God. deal about them someone having to look and she's like, Alright, one of you's gonna have to look. The girl's like, I'll look and she's like or sorry, the boy's like, I'll look and then yeah, she's, she's like, like, no, you're she's actually like, my kid. Yeah, yeah, she's like, well, not my kid. Not. We'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, when I said that, I meant her. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the camera is focusing intently on that girl. It's like, okay, I'll do it. And it's like nothing. The, the best thing that happens is... They fall out of the boat, and both of the children are miraculously okay. They wash up on shore, and they aren't trying to kill themselves. Like, I understand you don't want to have the children trying to kill themselves for the sake of trying trying to, you know, direct that shit. But, like, I was really underwhelmed by her reaction of, um... Like, all right, my, all right, so no one's gonna look, so we're gonna, no one's gonna look. We're all gonna die, you know? It's like, <laughs> well, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, she was going off the word of a complete stranger that they couldn't make it without someone looking, but... Well, they they, they had... Abs- for My thing was, there was... It was like a weird jump in the timeline. They had like a quick montage of them like getting to know each other. And I was just like, I don't know if this quick montage serves as, uh, you know, character development for these people that we haven't spent any time with. We are spent... We spend like ten minutes with boy, boy and girl, and we find out their names aren't even. We they don't have names, you know. And yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty intense. Like that, that just goes to show that her character didn't think that they were gonna make it. 
I mean, I can see that, but like, you don't think in five years you would come up with a name? Oh no, she had names. I think the significance of it was she just literally didn't think that they were going to survive, and she was trying to detach herself from that. Yeah, and and I I I kind of read into that, and I also thought it was like a big metaphor for you know people that are you know struggling to you know be parents or something like that you know you know something it was a big parenting metaphor is what i'd say i don't want to say it's you know people struggling to be parents but it's people that are struggling with parenting or coping with it or you know something to do with that paternal type instinct and sure i think that would work but i thought there was only one real scene okay so my thing was okay so you know that uh back in i guess I don't know when exactly it ended or this practice ended, but back in, there's some historical significance to it too, because I guess I'm like, I don't know, maybe up until like the 1850s or so, they wouldn't name their children until they had been alive for like a week or a couple months or something like that because they didn't know if they were going to live. I feel like I've heard that before, but that's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, but I mean, five years, geez, Louise, you're not going to call him anything? Um, and, and the other, the other guy's not going to call him anything. You know, I just felt like the only way she was ever really fully accepting of the, the boy and girl character was when she had lost them in the woods. And I, I think I needed a, a point of her taking her blindfold off and her not being scared of the monsters or, or something like that, you know, confronting it. I feel like she was never confronting the monsters, confronting the fear. She was only ex- ex- explaining it for us as the viewer, you know? She was like, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, I didn't let you talk about the tree and climbing and whatever, you know? Yeah, that was a little bit over the top. Like, but... well, second viewing, I felt a little bit more, ge- uh, t- like, geared to feel sympathy toward her character. But the first time around, I was just like... This is ridiculous. I need her to take her blindfold off or just admit to me that y'all don't have enough budget to show me some shit, you know? Like, yeah. I was getting so frustrated with that. And then they go to the school of the blind and she names them the two the two names of the only characters we've heard in the entire movie. It's like, oh my god. You know, I was just like, <laughs> this is... It, oh, be, dude, it, I, was a, I was a sucker for the school of the blind, bro. I thought that was... I was kind of emotional. Oh, were you a sucker for it? I was just like... I was I, a sucker. Dude, wasn't Stevie Wonder supposed to be hanging out in there or something like that? What was going on? I was like, damn, dude, like the blind people, like, feel bad for them on a, I guess, like, on a daily basis. Yeah, like, I, like... Society, but in this, in this scenario, they're saving everybody. Yeah, but I still think they're all fucked in the... They're fucked within the world anyway, I mean... It, it did, to me I thought it was completely inconsistent I'm, I'm, I'm sorry the, 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 the birds didn't freak out when the British guy got inside and then tried to put him in the freezer these birds were big chilling the entire time so fuck the bird box yeah, no, yeah I didn't really appreciate the birds portion of the movie but <laughs> like uh, go ahead I said the rest of it yeah I thought the bird the bird thing was kind of stupid in my opinion they, I mean, they tried to do it. The birds freaked out when they were in the grocery store and that guy was trying to get through the freezer. And old, yeah. old What's-His-Face was a nice guy, but he was trying to break through the damn freezer door. Um, the birds were freaking out then, but they didn't freak out when uh, 
you know, the gang was around that was trying to open everybody's eyes up, you know? Oh, yeah, that shit was wild. So I had uh, one one quick thing before we go to the next movie. We've been on this a little bit long. Uh, I thought MGK and the cop should have came back with the gang at the end. MGK? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The, oh, uh, shit, was that it? Kelly? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. Whoa, are you having like Vietnam flashbacks of the entire thing? <laughs> I forgot that he was a rapper. <laughs> oh, I think he did too. <laughs> that was it. That's all she wrote. And now he's in a oh, bird. God, I'm, I'm, what? I'm retired, Gary. Oh, you're retired. Yeah, he said I'm fucking out. One song, peace out. <laughs> it's a one and done deal. But uh anyways, uh yeah, I th- I thought it would have made more sense if um MGK and the the one lady would have came back at the very end. That would have been a good that would have been a good little twist. Yeah, I mean, it, just to kind of round it out, I don't know. It, it, the gang was kind of like second thought and uh I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Also, Charlie could be alive in the grocery store, and Travante Rhodes could also be alive as well. Yeah. Because we didn't see... All we did here was her love interest shoot... um, All we heard him was shoot a bunch of guys, and then it clipped away. You know, it cut away. We didn't actually see him shoot himself. Yeah, but you heard the shot. Dude, if you don't don't see the body... If you don't see the body. Hell, even if you do sometimes, it, it can be fucked. You know, people can come back. But anyways, uh, what are we on? Number three? Number three? Yeah, I think it's your turn, there, Jerry. Alright, let's, uh, let's round it out with number three. My number three is Annihilation. Did you see Annihilation? Annihilation, I did not. Dude, holy sack, Deb. Dude, this was another movie that you need to put on, like, your top ten. I'd say watch this over probably any of the ones I've said so far. Um, dude, it's insane. It's uh, directed by the guy that did Ex Machina, uh, Alex Garland. I don't know if you saw that, but that was another crazy movie. This, this director just makes really high-concept movies. Um, you saw 28 Days Later, later didn't you? You know, this reminds me, there was some other zombie movie that I think was a Netflix original that I watched this year. Oh, we'll have to throw that in rotation. Um, I didn't like it, though. It wouldn't have made it. Oh, okay. Then then fuck it. Um, Yeah, I would say definitely Annihilation. It stars Natalie Portman, and she kind of goes into this, like, uh, this crazy realm that has popped up on Earth. It's like this thing called the Shimmer, and it's making things... And animals and people like transform when they go into it, and so she's going into it trying to find out what's going on with uh, her husband, who's a soldier in there, played by Oscar so, Isaac. Like they don't know anything about it or what it is, right? And you're kind of going along with her, with with it's with the team. She's going with the team, and it's kind of like an alien style, you know, except it's on Earth. It almost sounds similar to. Stranger Things. Like it is. It, it's sort of. It's sort of like going into the upside down, but like there's no kids and there's not like that '80s vibe. It's not anything like that. But right. 
Um, the visuals, dude, they are just insane. They they don't match any visuals compared to like the last like 10 years. I can't even compare this like to anything else. Like it feels like you're going to a different world. It's almost like um, uh, it's not a horror style, but it, it imagine if uh, Avatar was rated R kind of thing, you know? Um, but the, it, 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 it's that level of, uh, creation, you know, when it comes down to the world, it's, uh, it's an atmosphere, atmosphere is what I'd say it really has. And, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, All right. number three, number three, what you got? Uh, number three, I'm sure this movie probably didn't do very well amongst the general moviegoers, but uh, I'm going to say Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. Oh, like a thief in the night. I've always been a been a big heist movie guy, kind of guy. And uh, Gerard Butler, I mean, he's <laughs> one of my favorite actors. So. And he made your, it made your top, I guess, top three? You got, yeah, you got Gerard Butler, you got 50 Cent, 50 in the house, bounce. <laughs> uh, that one, that one fucking guy, Merriman, I didn't even know who he was, but I thought he was a badass. Uh, Levi Schreiber. Yeah. He's pretty well I mean, known. It, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest plot or storyline, but I thought the acting was good, and I thought the action was good. So I had... Two out of the three things that I really look for. <laughs> I'll give it that the action was better than I was expecting. Yeah, there were some crazy fighting scenes. And then you got Gerard Butler goes in there and banks the guy's wife just out of, out of nowhere. That was just so unnecessary. Kind of threw me for a loop, but... <laughs> you didn't understand exactly if it was his wife or if it was his girlfriend or who it was, but you knew, they didn't... You knew it was something... <laughs> significant to him and Gerard Butler just I get dropped a line in the bar or something got in there I just don't really I it's because he's he's a producer on it that I think that uh that he got to do all that because it didn't make any sense like over half of it didn't make any sense <laughs> and, and that bullshit at yeah, the you end gotta, you gotta go into it just knowing that it's not gonna make sense <laughs> if you go into it like like if you turn it on like on a rainy Sunday and like your cable won't change or something like that, you might like it. Did it? I, I guess I, I think more people like it than I do. I think I'm a little harsh on it. Uh, I mean, the action scene was pretty good. The ending action scene was pretty good. And then everything in the middle, you just gotta kind of take with a grain of salt because you don't really know. <laughs> Just fall asleep in the middle, and I think you wake back up, and it's good again. You got this twist at the end that the one guy that... Oh, oh wait, is it spoilers? Is it spoilers right now? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a spoiler. Oh, you, you spoil it for the all those people. <laughs> soldier. You thought Merriman was a mastermind of the whole thing, but then you got Ice Cube's son or whoever. It's really <laughs> the one the dots. He was playing, playing them for fools all along. <laughs> fools gold! <laughs> Yeah, it was it was weird, and then at the very end, he has that terrible fucking accent. Do you remember that? He's like, "Hi, right, Mike." 
It, oh, like, yeah, it's really British the whole time. <laughs> it's like, shut fucking break. <laughs> yeah. I'm having flashbacks to that now. I remember that shit so well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That feels like forever ago, honestly. Yeah, that shit was wild, dude. He sets up. They're having that shootout in traffic. Yeah, that was, I, that was like a Sicario style, honestly. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, okay, so let's hop into number two if we're just wrapping up a little bit more. Uh, number two for me is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Once again, Spider Verse. Oh, it's it's a Spider Verse, all right. It's a Spider Verse. Uh, once again, like I said, the top ten of things that I choose are always things that are cinematically different things that pop out things that are funny things that take me through like you know a roller coaster ride of emotions this spider-man into the spider-verse takes you through all of those it's something you've never seen before it's like a comic book come to life the writing is fantastic the music is amazing the score is awesome the the visuals are like something you've never seen it's the best 3D experience in theater I've ever had. Um, oh, it's a 3D? What? Oh, it's a 3D? Oh, it's in 3D as well. It's, it's, dude, oh. all of this fucking is on point. I mean, I, the, my minor gripes don't even come close to how great this was. Um, I, I love how. How do you feel about 3D as a concept for movies nowadays? Generally, I don't like it, but I, I liked the movie so much the first time I had to go back and see it a third, uh, uh, sorry, a second time in 3D. And the 3D in this movie actually pops off the screen. I didn't get to talk about it in the uh, the podcast that I did for it, but I got to tell you, dude, it's the best 3D experience I've ever had. It looks like because let's say someone's spray painting all, uh, what looks like on the camera. It looks like the spray is going actually over your eyes. It doesn't look like it's just going on the screen. I mean, it looks legit. And uh, it was the last 3D movie I saw, but I, it might have been in 2018. I to think about it. Really, I, I'm I'm generally never for 3D, but dude, this oh, is the it best. was incredible. Too. That was 3D. That was what I saw in 3D. Was it good? Yeah, I, I've never been a huge fan of 3D, but same here. Sounds like sounds like this one's a little bit of a game changer. Well, dude, it's this one shot different than most uh most animated movies are shot like. This isn't something that looks like uh, any Disney movie you've seen. It doesn't look like DreamWorks or, you know, the uh, Illuminations and, you know, inc what's, it, what's it called? Uh, the Minions or anything like that. It's not like that. It's a little bit different. It's it, the best way I could say is a comic book come to life. But it actually has 2D animations and a 3D world, if that makes sense. And... Uh, the Spider-Verse is all of these dimensions coming together. It's, okay, so let's take the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans um, with Tobey Maguire. They take those Spider-Mans. They take uh, a Spider-Man from the 1940s. They take a pig Spider-Man. They take a spider uh, a spider girl. You know, they, they take Spider-Man from these different dimensions, and they all meet. And... Uh, it's 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 like this big collaboration, and it's really cool because they're with doing that they're allowed to to talk about all the previous Spider-Man movie that have come out, 
over the past 20 years. And uh, if you're not even pervy to it, if you're not even familiar with it, they still do a great job updating you. You know, what, what he's been doing, who the bad guys are, that type of thing. So it gives you basically a complete overview of Spider-Man as a whole sentence. Absolutely. And it, 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 it does it in such a unique way and visually um, inventive way that it, it just has to be seen. I've never gone to a movie and walked out thinking I need to go buy the artwork for this because uh, I just sat in the theater at the very end and watched the pop art style Spider-Man uh, credits just roll on screen. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. Do you know what pop art is? Yeah. So it felt like that type of style, but with like Spider-Man. It was so cool. Um, we have... Um, the main character is is diverse and so i i especially enjoy that because there's not there's not many uh latin or hispanic uh or or half you know diverse you know like half latin and half black or half white and half uh asian or something like that you know that type of thing there's hardly any of that type of uh movie uh storytelling going on and this uh, this covers it um, and it's a superhero film. It also covers um, uh, women as superheroes as, as well. It, uh, it opens the doors to just so many different possibilities that I am... So it has superheroes besides Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, the Spider-Verse. It's, uh, it's part of the synopsis, but I'm trying to kind of keep it in the dark a little bit if you're still wondering about going to see it. Absolutely see it. It's... Uh, it's so much fun, and it's it's a family movie as well. Um, now, I, would you categorize that one as appealing to adults, or? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, because, uh, be. So, one of my things I absolutely love in superheroes is seeing the progression of a superhero. You know, when you see them when they're really really young they're starting out you see the progression of them as a teen you see them in their mid-years and then you see them when they're old and when they're saggy and when they've made wrong decisions you know we get yeah. to, we get to see a spider-man that has made wrong decisions that has you know not done the made the best financial choices that doesn't eat the best yeah and it's so cool because you get to see it's uh, two Spider-Men getting to interact in the same scene and one's teaching the other. And uh, I, I, I don't want to say too much because it's it's so good. You know, I, 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 uh, I can't recommend it enough. Um, is it almost like a future self scenario where one goes back in time to try to help the other? Yeah, there is a little bit of time travel uh, that is kind of involved in it i don't want to give too much away like i said um another spider-man from a different dimension comes in and teaches your main character uh how to be spider-man in the real world because all these dimensions are being linked into one it's 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 a little confusing by by me describing it and not having a visual for you but right. spider-man from all of these different uh timelines are coming in merging into one 
and they're they're trying to fix the timeline essentially all of the spider-men are coming together to fix the timeline continuum kind of thing um it's very rick and morty if you get to the high concepts and that type of shit but um it, it it's really cool and and jake johnson does an excellent job of doing a a, a voice for uh spider-man Peter b uh, par, uh sorry peter b parker is his name the secondary spider-man kind of from a different dimension so um yeah you gotta you gotta check it out you gotta check it out um i think i will yeah, I don't think I see it, actually. Yeah, dude, and see it in 3D. It's it, it, it's a lot of fun. I think she's gonna like the Spider Gwen. It's a uh, the female Spider girl. Spider Gwen kind of rolls off the tongue. Oh yeah, they 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 thought about almost Spider anything works. Spider E works. <laughs> <laughs> spider Peabod works if you think about it. Spider, spider <laughs> you can be Spider Don. <laughs> That sounds like a, a gun or something like that. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, what is your number two? Uh, number two. I'm going to go ahead and say Upgrade, the movie. Upgrade, the movie. And I think we actually did a podcast on that one in the past. We did, we did. I thought it was Tom Hardy the whole time because you told me it was Tom Hardy at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I thought to myself, "Damn, they really made him look different in this movie." But I could see it, I guess. Yeah, he was—he was in his role for Venom the whole time. That was the thing. Yeah. You didn't—you didn't know he was just going on and off the set of Venom. That's why he was looking a little funk dunk. You know, I found a side-by-side uh, screenshot. Of the cover of Tom Hardy on Venom with the guy from Upgrade, yeah, really, really look like they could be brothers or something. I mean, oh, it's scary. I think they're both Australian. Who is? I think they're both Austrian or Australian or something like that. Uh -huh. That's I interesting. Might be a little bit off, but uh, yeah, Upgrade was a lot of fun. I um, I had a, a couple gripes with it, but I thought overall it was so different in the way it was shot and you know the way it was presented that i really enjoyed it yeah that was a pretty original film as far as the plot and the story it's i mean you're not gonna find anything like that i would have said it was probably as sort of like john wick with tech like sci-fi it hell that might it's like i don't know if you put upgrade and john wick together you'd make the matrix yeah that's a good way to look at it. Um, but I uh, I was impressed with Upgrade. I think it was a relatively small budget, and uh, the action was just intense. The action was great. There were some really suspenseful scenes. I mean, it was set in the not-too-distant future. Right, right. It, it felt like we could be living there in, yeah. uh, you know, sooner than later. Except for maybe the arm cannons and shit like that. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Felt like you have another ten years and we might be there. Hell yeah, I no. mean, you never know. Um, but yeah, I thought Upgrade was a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to more Lee One L, the director of that. Um, anything else you want to add to Upgrade? I don't feel like I can really talk about it without spoiling it. Right, right. Um, yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave that. We'll tell them to go check out the podcast for upgrade for any more 
uh, insight on that. Uh, let's do. Let's hop into the number one. Dun, da, da, dun. What you got? What you got? My number one movie for 2018 is Bad Times at the El Royale. Did you see this movie? Bad Times. I did not see it. I only like good times. Oh, dude, you want to be for the bad times. Dude. <laughs> bad Times at the El Royale was directed by Drew Goddard. He's the uh, He's the creator of Daredevil on uh, Netflix and he also directed Cabin in the Woods uh, I think not too long ago um, 2015 or something like that no it is a horror film yeah it, no 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 he's not a horror film but I would say the best way I could categorize Bad Times at El Real is like uh, it's got that Pulp Fiction Tarantino-esque feel to it Ooh, I like that. But it has more of a musical spin, you know, spin to it. Like, I'd say it, it's not, people aren't breaking out and dance or anything like that, but there's like this rhythm that goes to it. It's like this, t -t 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 -t. like, there's this, like, this almost metronome of something in the background sort of happening that keeps everything on this, like, steady pace. I don't oh. think, I don't think the movie is a hundred percent perfect but i do think it deserves number one spot because it is really enjoyable for the performances and the the unwinding of this film the way it uh is spun the way that the the way that you're you're kind of like a detective learning all of these small pieces to gain the bigger picture and you want to know more with every second that happens and so i love how it's presented and i'd say uh bad times was was without a doubt one of my favorite movies of 2018 um it stars um jeff bridges and uh what's his face uh john ham okay and uh, I, you probably haven't heard of her, heard of her, but her name is Cynthia Erivo, and she is on Broadway in New York. But she has an amazing voice, and the way they incorporate like the musical undertones in this, like it's all within serving the plot. It's not like she's singing her problems away or to un so that we understand what she's saying. You know, she's just. She might be doing something for a distraction. She might be doing something to dance. You know, it's something always different with uh, why the music is, you know, brought back in. And so I thought that it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it's a nice little sit, you know. Like, when I say that Quentin Tarantino movies are not generally an hour and a half, right? Right. So th this movie is, I think, about two fifteen. Um, sorry, uh, one one hundred and forty minutes. So you're gonna, it, it's it's a nice little sit. It's a two and a half hour sit, you know. But um, it's it's a lot of fun. I recommend not watching the trailer because the trailer sort of gives it uh, gives spoilers. Um, even the the um, the poster gives spoilers, in my opinion. Like. The people that were making this were not the people that were marketing this because they 
the, the way they shoot things in the movie they kind of want people in and uh subjects to be hidden and in the marketing they're like hey look who's in this look who's in this look who's in this you know and yeah. it's like dude come on these were spoilers like there's a couple things that i want you to see uh you know people that are going to pop up within the film um that you're going to be like holy shit you know but i don't want you to see on the trailer or something you know it, yeah I, I wish i could have been that person discovering this movie um on you know streaming and not being able to see the trailer or something like that yeah there's a fine line in trailers these days with getting the audience engaged or interested in the film and then giving too much away and it seems like they cross it all the time oh i'm i'm almost super spoiler verse now like i'm uh like even for the podcast i try to have the you know the spoiler sections very clearly labeled and whatnot you know um I might have to go back and make a bigger spoiler bumper for this, but I I want to respect people's, you know, uh, space if not if they have not seen the work, but I still want to be able to give you know a, a solid opinion on it, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, bad times was without a doubt my number one. Twenty eighteen. Mark, what's your number one? Number one. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know if this one's going to catch you by surprise or not. Oh, Lord. But. Oh, Lord. Mario, Day of the Soldato. Whoa. Day of the Soldato. Sicario, Damn. Day of the Soldato. Is your number I really one. liked, I really liked the first one. Um, the second one, in my opinion, was just as good as the first one. Benicio, Benicio Del Toro is one of my, honestly, become one of my favorite actors, probably just from the Sicario movies alone. He's almost like a a washed up version of John Wick, because he was Hispanic, and just like a badass, pretty edgy, doesn't care about much, but he'll kill you. <laughs> care about it. Is, are, are we... Are we losing a lot by not having uh, Emily Blunt in there? I really liked her performance in uh, the first Sicaria. Um, you are you are losing a little bit. Her character kind of gave a perspective of someone who wasn't engaged in, I guess, as much of the clandestine activities that the CIA is involved in. Right. Kind of like a run-of-the-mill law enforcement officer. Doesn't right. know what's going on. She knows who the bad guy is, but doesn't know how they're fighting the bad guy. Yeah, she's our uh, proxy. Yeah. And you don't really have that as much in this. You just kind of have to listen really closely to the dialogue and try to figure out what it is that they're doing. I actually had to go back and rewatch a couple scenes because you can get lost pretty easily. Right. As far as the the intent of the characters mm-hmm. but I think it does a really good job of giving a perspective on what what the CIA is doing how it's kind of fucked up and what like the drug cartels are doing and obviously it's fucked up but it's it's more or less just a film that starts out on a broad scale is the CIA versus the cartel and then it kind of spins off into something more without giving too much away right right 
So, um, the original Sicario was one of my favorites of that year. Um, Dennis Villeneuve, um, Denis Villeneuve is, um, a Canadian film director. He directed the first Sicario. He did not come back for the second one. Instead, he went to do Blade Runner 2049 and then Arrival. Um, it felt like directed by the same guy. I wasn't told otherwise you got said anything. Really? Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to have to check this out because I heard that there was, uh, it was a little tension towards the, I guess, the topic or something like that. I'm not sure exactly. I need to go back and check. Um, but I, I agree. I love Benicio de Toro. And uh, do we have Josh Brolin back for this one? Uh, yes, we did. Um, he, I always thought he was generally pretty good. Yeah, he is. He is. They, uh, they're both in Avengers Infinity War now that I think about it. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Um, um, quick note, I'm on 1% if you lose me here. No problem, no problem. We're wrapping up. We just got our top 10 of 2018. Um, I appreciate it, uh, Mark, you hopping on. We're going to do a quick closeout and we'll just stay on after until it dies, I guess. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Stay tuned for more podcasts. Check us out. Rate, share, subscribe. Look at our podcast. And uh, take it easy.